Hi, us cold, and welcome back to the bands. I know we did an interview before with you, but that was not uh, on podcast. I think we uh, it was a written article we did about Afghanistan when the US pulled out quite abruptly, and we got your thoughts on that. But uh, slightly different circumstances now. Yes, they certainly are. Anyway, it's good to be uh, back with you, Ben. Um, so you've been in and out of Ukraine since the beginning of the invasion reporting for various outlets including the the times in london the independent and the kiev post um where are you now and uh where is where does the war stand um at this moment All right i'm in eastern uh ukraine i've been doing uh a little tour of uh traveling eastwards from um Kiev, the capital of Ukraine. I uh, went along the northern regions bordering Belarus and Russia. I went to Kharkiv um, and then I started going um, south and um, the, uh, through towns called Slavyansk. And I'm in, uh, in a place near uh, a town called Kramatorsk, which is um, the nearest major town to um Bakhmut, uh which is the area um well it's a town and around that town um is where the uh, longest and bloodiest um battle of this war has been um conducted and it's still um happening um that was where the wagner troops that these mercenaries um, that had been put together by um, a guy called Yevgeny Prigozhin, Prigozhin um, had been operating. And then they pulled back a few weeks ago um, um, and mounted their mutiny, which lasted for a day or two. And their, uh, their, their, uh, this place, Bakhmut, has got enormous um, symbolic um uh, standing for the Russians because it's about the only place that they claim to have captured, although they never actually got it in its entirety. They lost tens of thousands by Western estimates of uh, people. Maybe up to 100,000 um, Russians have died in the battle for this town of Bakhmut. And um, uh, the Ukrainians, as part of their what has been uh, called their counter-offensive, uh, are um, mounting an, a big attack on Bakhmut. And if if they took Bakhmut, which is actually a pile of rubble and ruins, uh, but it would be an immensely humiliating symbolic defeat for um, Russia's dictator, Vladimir Putin. So let me let's go back to the beginning of this, and I want to get a bit more into the 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 mutiny that happened a couple of weeks ago, um, as well and the Wagner troops and where we stand now today. But so when Putin invaded uh, last year, how how confident were you that Ukraine would survive initially? Well, um, I I was um, like everybody else. Um, worried. I knew that Ukraine wouldn't um, surrender. Um, I I thought that the um, uh, dire predictions by um, both American and British intelligence, and and it seemed to be the um, conventional wisdom in the West was that Ukraine would would crumble within a matter of days or two weeks because. Um, it really was um, vastly outnumbered in terms of uh, manpower and in the number of weapons by um, Russia. Uh, but I knew that it wouldn't be an easy um, um, uh, victory for the Russians. And I didn't think that the Russians would be able to, even if they'd taken a lot more territory, they wouldn't have been able to... Um, sort of be at ease and 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 take over Ukraine. I, I, I was certain that 
there would be partisan warfare and guerrilla warfare, urban warfare. Um, as it happened, it, it turned out um, um, completely differently and, and the Ukrainian military stopped um, the Russians more or less in their um, tracks. Um, there was an, an immense um, uh, sort of upsurge in um, popular res resistance. People um, just volunteered. Uh, people with no military experience volunteered, took guns, and um, as we remember, um, fought the Russians who had um, penetrated into the outskirts of the Ukrainian capital cave and had um, and and did take a number of other um, towns. Um, they occupied them, and uh, it uh, took a few months to um, eject the Russians from um, such places. And then they, uh, we saw um, the murders, executions, rapes, looting that had happened in those places which of course um, um, provided a huge incentive for Ukrainians to carry on fighting because they knew uh, what would happen if the Russians um, won. Um, so the situation at the moment is that Ukraine is in a much stronger position um, than it was at the time of the full-blown invasion in February last year. Uh, but Ukraine is a much smaller place in terms of population um, and territory uh, than Russia, but in terms of population. And um, even though um, Ukrainian um, casualties, dead and uh, wounded, uh, much less than those of, of um, Russia, um, Ukraine's got a, uh, a smaller number of people that it can afford to lose. And these are great people. I've, I've met them. These are people that aren't um, forced into, into the military. They were people that volunteered because they wanted to defend the freedoms and the way of life that has evolved in Ukraine since independence in 1991. They wanted to be part of the Western world, not part of uh, Putin-style bandit dictatorship, gangster, uh, like a big mafia um, um, outfit, as if Al Capone had taken over, not just the alcohol distribution in Chicago, but had taken had become president of the United States. So uh, these are young people um, who um, have been brought up without any kind of um, loyalty or not tainted by um, communist um, upbringing, propaganda, distortion. And they just look like people like um, people your age from the, the West and their values and the way they think and what they want for um, their country and how they want to interact with other um, um, countries, their goals, um, ambitions, the things they believe in um, are um, the things that um, I, I think that thinking young people in what we call the Western world, the US, Canada, Western Europe, um, these are the values they share. And they're wonderful people, and every one of them that's dead or is crippled and maimed for life is a um, great loss, not just to you. Ukraine, but I think for just um, the whole that set of humanity that wants um, to work work for a better world, a, uh, a fairer, more just world. 
yeah it does seem to me like there is a sort of an, an ideological component to this that what you're seeing is a sort of a battle of the ages where you've got you've got two completely different cultures you've got one um, that represents this old dark world of fascism and oligarchy and um and then you've got this the forward thinking progressive more vibrant younger nation state uh, you know younger nation state itself in in ukraine and the perception in initially was that the you know the west is weak the west is morally corrupt too many gay people too many lgbtq people um ukraine's going to collapse and it's going to be proof that uh the older forces or the more patriarchal forces are going to restore order to the way the world should be um, and this is why I kind of see in America, I've been kind of very dismayed by a lot of them, but not surprised by the the MAGA, the Trump set have been very um, supportive of Putin uh, because obviously he represents this kind of anti-woke mentality. But then it seems to me, it looks like from here, from, from at least the reports that I've been reading, um, and it's very difficult to get accurate reports. I think like Twitter is a huge source of information and misinformation and disinformation. But it does seem to me that Ukraine is kicking Russia's ass, and it's it's like it's fairly obvious that the Russians are their pathways to a, a victory are narrowing by the day. Um, I don't know what they could even define as a victory, right? Because at the very least, Ukraine is not going to give in. So even if they manage to occupy Ukraine, the occupation is going to be incredibly messy and they're going to have to pour, you know, the Russians are going to have to pour vast resources into maintaining what land that they've they've taken. Um, but there's the conflict is not going at all well for them, um, which then brought us to what happened with Prigozhin more recently. Now, I, I wanted to get your thoughts on this about what this means. It seemed to me, I wrote a piece about it when, when this happened, and uh, I'm no expert in this conflict, but I've been paying attention as closely as I, you know, as I can have, I can do. And it looked to me like this is the first sort of signs that the elite, the kind of elite um, protection uh, circle, the surrounding Putin is beginning to crack. That there are power, there are there are forces within Russia uh, that are not happy with the way things are going, and Putin's control over these factions is is eroding, um, and this is likely a very positive thing for Ukraine. Does that does that sound right to you? Well, the uh, the mutiny by uh, Pr uh, Prigozhin and and the mercenaries of Wagner. Um, people, yeah, revealed that um, uh, the, the the Russian state um, was not um, as powerful and omnipotent and sure of itself as um, uh, Putin and his propagandists um, tried to uh, portray. I mean, the fact that uh, this bunch of people who are criminals, many of them were uh, recruited from um, uh, um, Russian prisons. They weren't dissidents or political prisoners. They were just um, um, robbers, murderers, rapists who uh, were told that if they survive for six months in Ukraine, they'll get a pardon. And, and these people managed to get half the way from... Um, um, a place, a city just over the border from southern Ukraine, Rostov, um, to the capital, Moscow, um, in a in a day. They went hundreds of miles, um, and and the Russian army wasn't able to stop them. They stopped because of um, I don't know some kind of uh, um, uh, deal was struck. Nobody really knows um, what. But it, um, I know that P Putin um, has been humiliated. Um, he behaves like a, um, a gangster. And the normal um, thing, if uh, solution would have been for him to have um, Prigozhin 
executed, killed, rubbed out. And the fact that he hasn't been able to do that um, reveals a tremendous weakness. And I'm sure that um, um, he is... Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Prigozhin's days on this world probably are um, um, numbered, but it's amazing that he is able to um, survive and apparently um, after having lots of his wealth confiscated, it's been handed back to him. Nobody's quite sure where he is. Is he in Belarus, the Belarusian um, kind of uh, puppet um, dictator uh, Putin's kind of minion, Lukashenko, said that he's not in Belarus, that he's somewhere in Russia. Um, if he's alive and well and able to operate in, in Russia, um, that's another sign of, of um, weakness for Putin. So um, I don't know, and I don't think um, uh, anybody... Um, does know for certain where this will all lead. But um, as you um, con concluded, um, others have concluded that this is um, a, a crack. It's a tremendous sign of, of weakness. And even though um, Putin is trying to paper over these um, cracks and say, um, you know, nothing um, to look at, nothing to see here, it's all been um, resolved. It hasn't. And um, um, it's a corrosive thing, which I think will percolate down through the ranks. One of the things uh, that will uh, be solved and it'll, uh, or resolved in a Russian way, which means bloodletting and a purge, is the fact that nobody in this town, Rostov, that um, Prigozhin's people... Uh, Wagner took over. Not a single shot was fired by the Russian army to stop them taking over this town, which is the headquarters for the Russians' um, invasion of, uh, of of Ukraine or its southern um, part. And and we saw pictures of of the public sort of cheering and uh, supporting um, the, the the Wagner. Um, people, again, um, uh, a very humiliating um, picture for uh, for Putin. And I'm sure that there are going to be lots of um, heads uh, that will um, uh, be lopped off um, for for that. I mean, they they will be asking, well, why didn't anybody stand up? Uh, they they will be questioning the loyalty of the army or um, the the leaders in the army. Maybe not the generals um, um, who depend on Putin for their wealth and their medals, um, but um, colonels, majors, captains, lieutenants. Um, their loyalty is now in in question. So I don't think uh, we've seen um, this um, drama play out by a long shot yet. How is the Ukrainian counteroffensive coming along? We, I mean, as we understand, it's it's you know it's happening now, but it's not. Um, it hasn't been dramatic uh, as of yet. But it's it, it is it, is it building? Is it uh, what successes has the Ukrainian well, forces? Had? Um, I think that. Um, um, Ukraine's a victim of its own kind of um, uh, spectacular past record. Last fall, uh, uh, Ukrainians made swift and dramatic um, gains uh, in the northeast of Ukraine, in the Kharkiv um, region. And um, uh, people, the press and pundits, um, we're building up this um, great counter-offensive and and and, the, and and building up expectations that um, the Ukrainians would somehow replicate this very dramatic, swift 
um, um, advance of the type that happened last fall. But the Russians have had months and months to um, prepare their um, defenses. And, and the Ukrainians have said repeatedly over the last few months um, or at every opportunity um, that they haven't got enough weapons, particularly air um, um, support, um, the F-16s so are the thing, um, fighter uh, jets manufactured by the US, uh, the um, single most desired item by the Ukrainian military. And they haven't got those. They haven't got enough of all the um, um, stuff that they would need for a successful mass advance, like artillery um, um, systems. But they have um, been making ad advances, and um, but they're not as 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 rapid as the pundits or, or the media um, would have would have liked. And Ukraine's president Zelensky said a couple of weeks ago that you know this isn't a Hollywood um, movie where um, people are um, hoping for. Um, um, swift, dramatic um, um, battles that are with victorious Ukrainian troops um, plowing on um, swiftly. The, the Ukrainian military isn't going to do things to satisfy um, uh, the hopes or the predictions of, of um, others. They're not going to sacrifice um, their um, troops in the way that the Russians um, have been um, doing, where they've thrown waves and waves of of um, their soldiers into Ukrainian machine gun uh, uh, positions in a way that is reminiscent maybe of World War One, and where I've spoken to Ukrainian soldiers who just couldn't um, um, believe what they were seeing, that these people were coming at them, and even though they're their they're enemies, and their um, you know um, their job is to kill them, they um, some of them were um, sickened by um, how many um, people they were um, having to cut down, and these people just being sent wave after wave. Ukrainians aren't uh, that's just not in the character of um, uh, of, of Ukrainians. The same way as British or American soldiers wouldn't fight that way. Um, so it's a much more cautious and slow approach. But there have been uh, advances. But the Russian defences are um, very formidable. I've spoken to Ukrainian soldiers earlier this today, in fact. I was speaking to um, somebody I know very well um, who's in the battle around Bakhmut, and um, he came out to um, do a number of, um, of, of things. There are three lines of defences, and the first one um, is just saturated with um, mines, with mines that um, blow up people and other types of mines that are uh, for vehicles. And... Uh, and and Ukrainians have been suffering losses um, there, and and to clear those and make your way through those is a slow and laborious process. Um, the Russians also have uh, a huge number of artillery um, pieces. They're not as good as the stuff that Ukraine has got from America, from the U.S., uh, from the U.S., from the U.K. and other Western supporters. Uh, but they've just got tremendous amounts of it and no shortage of ammunition. And again, they saturate whole kind of grid marks on on the the map, whereas the Ukrainians um, have less pieces. They've got more precise ammunition, so um, they are very careful and choose their targets carefully because they can't afford to waste ammunition. But they know that they can, um, if if they um, 
do it properly, they can pinpoint um, their targets. But um, this means that the advance in that first line of defense that the Russians have established is very, very slow. And, and um, however cautious the Ukrainians are, they have been losing um, quite a few people dead and, and, in, and injured. And then there's a second uh, weaker line of Russian defense, and then a third one, which is mostly um, reserves and less fortifications. Um, uh, but this first line of minefields and, and structures that have been built, fortifications and trench systems and dugouts and uh, has presented um, a, um, a formidable challenge for the Ukrainian forces. So this looks like it's going to be more of a slow, a slow grind rather than a quick rapid series of rapid, rapid victories. That's certainly how it um, seems, and that's what people should be um, prepared for. I mean, do you have a sense of a time frame that the Ukrainians that the, the Ukrainians want to work within? I mean, is it you know months, years? Do they? How, what are they planning for? I, I I don't because um, I don't have um, uh, um, a direct line to uh, the, the president's office or or to the um, um, commanders of the Ukrainian army. But I do know what the uh, what ordinary people, ordinary soldiers, they all want this to end as soon as possible. But they also know that it can't be done instantly um and i i think that no uh nobody expects it to be um, over um much before the end the earliest they think um but it might be wishful thinking is towards the end of um this year but the sad fact is um that um Putin doesn't care about how many of his own people he loses. He's shown that. He also knows that if he um, doesn't come out of this with something that uh, he can portray as a victory, even though we we might see uh, that it obviously isn't um, a, a, a victory, but um, he knows that he's dead politically and and also dead um really um uh, will, will probably be uh wind up dead um um, um so um if, if if he um were to call off um uh, the attack and and say all right we're going to um we're going to with, withdraw he can't he hasn't um left himself any um, off-ramp to, off to extricate himself from this um, uh, situation. So uh, many of the people here, and, and I do as well, I, 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 I think that the most likely, and or I hope um, that this will happen, is that there'll be an event in Moscow itself where um, um, Russians, the elite, um, remove Putin and 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 people say well you know they might be worse than Putin I don't think uh, they're going to be worse than Putin they're not going to be uh, it's not going to be some uh, western leaning sort of uh, liberal um, um, good um, person it's it's going to be one of the not a gangster what yeah it's um, but th these people um and they're people who've been enriched by um, supporting Putin and being loyal um, lieutenants of, of of Putin, but you know they their assets have been frozen. Um, they can't go to their um, homes in 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 Britain or the U.S. or the south of France uh, where they want to live because, despite being um, such Russian patriots, the last place they actually want to live in is in Russia. So they've got their luxury homes 
um, scattered around the world. They've got their yachts, uh, which they can't use. They've got their um, stolen assets, hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, many of them fro frozen. They want, they, they're thinking, you know, I've been a crook, I've, I've done uh, all these things, and now I can't even enjoy them, my, the spoils of my criminality. So um, these are the people that are likely to, and I'm sure they've thought about it, and maybe there's been attempts to do it. Um, they'll remove, somebody of that ilk will um, remove um, Putin. And um, even though morally... Uh, if you can even, it's oxymoronic maybe to apply that word to Putin and his um, like, but um, even if they're the same kind of human detritus that um, Putin um, is, they'll want to bring it to um, to a stop. They'll they'll want a pause of of some sort, and they're not invested in in that war um so they'll be able to say yeah we're going to make uh we're, we're going to um withdraw they want things to be um back to the way they were uh before and i think that's the best hope um for uh, the cessation of of, of this this for, war. yeah for any, any sort of solution is gone As long as Putin is um, in power, uh, the killing is going to go on, I think. Right. So you think that a political solution to this is not on the, on the cards? You don't think that there are any chance of a, some sort of settlement negotiated between, you know, China gets involved or anybody like that? Or you, th you think it's too late for that? Well, I mean, the um, Ukrainian people um are not willing to leave any of their people under um Putin's control because we've all seen what they uh they do they even though uh Putin uh for years before this started has been uh sort of hurling accusations that Ukraine is a Nazi um state and and continues to do that, even though 73% um, of the population voted for um, President Zelensky, who is only the world's second um, Jewish president yeah. in the world, the right. first one being Israel. Um, right. And, and, and uh, we've seen how Putin has used in, in spookily... Um, precise fashion, um, Hitler's playbook, um, and and Ukrainians have, are not prepared to leave um, some of their people um, at the mercy of of, of that. So um, I don't know what the negotiations would be. The Ukrainian um, position is that the Russians have to leave all of Ukrainian. Um, territory. Does that include Crimea? Does that include Crimea as well? Yeah, of course, because Crimea is Ukrainian territory. Mm. Um, it's we uh, we keep being told that you know it's got this um, Russian long Russian history. It's not, um, but there are a number of things. First of all, that was part of um, uh, the Ukraine that was um, internationally rec recognized, including by, um, by Russia, and um, moving or uh, adjusting borders by violence, by invasion. Um, it doesn't matter what the history of Crimea was, and maybe there were um, um, lots of ethnic Russians there, but that is not the way that you resolve the um, the problem. And so, that leaving Crimea 
with the Russians is rewarding for uh, violence, which sets um, a precedent, uh, just a bad, unhealthy precedent. But the fact is, um, um, the history of Crimea is much more complicated than it's. Um, it's not always been um, Russia. Russia has been there since the late 18th century, um, uh, when Catherine the Great's um, uh, army um, took it. But it had a history before then, uh, which was these people called the Crimean um, Tartars, who Stalin deported en masse in 1944. There's also Ukrainian um, um, uh, sizable pro um, proportion. And I was there when the first Russian soldiers rocked up in, in Crimea in 2014. I saw um, the process of this sham referendum and everything uh, that led to the annexation. And, and I attended, I reported on, on, on demonstrations uh, which where, where many of the um, uh, people demonstrating against uh, the occupation uh, were Russian ethnics. They were Russian ethnics who were born um, during Ukrainian independence, and and they um, or they thought of themselves as um, citizens of Ukraine, regardless mm. of their um, ethnicity, and and they didn't want to be part of of. Um, Putin's Russia. So I think that if there were, had been actually a free and fair referendum, um, uh, um, a lot of the Russian ethnics would have voted with um, the Crimean and the mm -hmm. Ukrainians um, to stay part of, 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 U of Ukraine. That's why there wasn't one. And, and it's all the same... Last um, autumn, we saw um, referenda, referendums um, uh, uh, being conducted in other parts of Ukraine that Putin now claimed to um, annex and at the point of a gun. And, and I mean, in real kind of um, comic fashion that uh, would have been sort of ridiculed as a Monty Python um, script it would have been rejected for being too stupid and um uh so i think that the the feeling in ukraine is um the russians have got to be ejected from every um part of ukraine that they've inserted and that deal and that deal you think that that deal it can't happen if putin is in charge basically no, Putin can't allow that to happen. Uh, so, that, yeah, it's, that, I guess it, it's whether the... And it does seem that the, the whole progression uh, mutiny thing does look like the first kind of significant crack in his um, his, power, his total power over, over Russia. It, it, it seems to me that it's not like... It, it's unlikely to be the last attempt either at a, at a mutiny or at, at some... I can't see how that doesn't happen again in in some way. Yeah, you know uh, the the, um, uh, the the episode with Va Wagner. Its importance was to show that um, uh, the has no clothes. That there's a lot of of, of weakness. The fact it would it would be, and I keep making comparisons with mafia. Uh, it's like. Um, um, somebody um, challenges in the real mafia world John Gotti or Tony Soprano and, and they humiliate him publicly and he says, well, I'm, I'm just going to let this one go. And of course then his, his whole um, um, authority withers. Um, he's Tony or John Gotti has got to rub out these people to show who's the boss. That it's just yeah. very simple and 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 brutal. Putin hasn't been able to do that, so that's a crack. It's shown that he's not um, 
as strong as anywhere near as strong as as um, his propagandists try to portray. But now, um, sort of challenges to his power may come from um, other um, areas. It may not be um, an armed uh, group. Um, I'm inclined to think the Russian way, whether it's during Tsars or uh, or communism, um, has been palace coups. Um, the the Tsar or uh, the head of the uh, you know uh, of the Communist Party um, is um, removed uh, by a knife in the back. Uh, from one of his closest family members, guards, political um, collaborators, and and I, I think there must be a huge incentive as well. There must Sorry? be a huge. There must be a huge incentive. I mean, it, it surely seems that the West, uh, the US in particular, must be talking to people. They must have some sort of contact with people within the Kremlin. But their intelligence has been like spot on. Um, U.S. intelligence agencies have, they, you know, they predicted this was going to happen. Uh, they've had remarkable uh, predictive powers over this, so it seems yeah. that they're into they're, they, uh, they must know what's going on, and they clearly spooked the Russians. I when when um, Putin was was you know using nuclear re- rhetoric. Uh, from what I understand, the uh, the US, whoever it was in the military, uh, let the Kremlin know, if you do this, we're going to take out all of your troops from Ukraine. And they must have, like they did in, with Iraq, I know that they, before the invasion of Iraq in um, in the, the first Gulf War, uh, the US informed Saddam Hussein, they, call, they said, listen, or they called up all of his generals just to let them know, we know where you are. We know your house, we know your phone number, we know, you know, so don't tr- don't try to don't try to, re- to to fight back because we've got more, we know more about you than you know about you, and it seems that something rattled Putin um, that he knows that the the US uh, has a lot on him, um, and they you know they are clearly feeding Ukraine very very valuable intelligence as well. I think I think that you're you're right and. Um... Uh, we know that um, a lot of uh, their intelligence is um, gathered by technological uh, means, satellites and um, um, hacking into uh, uh, Russian systems. But uh, my feeling is that, the, as you called it, the spot-on intelligence um, points to um some high level, at least one very high level um, human um, source that knows what the Kremlin is um, is is thinking is 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 going to do. Maybe um, more than um, one, because you're right that it's been so unswervingly co- um, co- correct and. Um, also, I mean, America has said that they've had a, a quiet word with Putin and said, uh, this is what will happen if you use a theater nuclear weapon in, in Ukraine. Um, um, your Black Sea fleet may just sort of vaporize in, uh, uh, or... Um, it, it doesn't have to be, uh, and it, it'll be a conventional response. Uh, America wouldn't use a, a nuclear response, but it would be a massive conventional response. It needn't be um, in this Ukrainian region. It could be um, in, anywhere in Russia. But um, I think uh, many people are, are worried I am concerned that um, Putin um, has maybe dismissed or or, um, maybe for now um, using an actual theater nuclear weapon or some kind of nuclear weapon 
um, is off the t um, his menu agenda for the time being. But um, uh, this um, nuclear power station at Zaporizhia um, in um, uh, southeastern Ukraine um, is um, in, is a very precarious uh, pos position. I think that Putin has definitely thought of using that as his nuclear um, uh, device. And, and um, the, all the signs are there that how um, they prepared the way be before. Um, a month ago, they blew this um, Kahoka Dam, which caused the biggest ecological um, disaster in Europe for um, decades, or I don't know what to compare it uh, with. And, and there, and it was just utterly predictable that they'd say, well, the Ukrainians did it. The Ukrainians did not do it. Why the hell should the Ukrainians um, right. do it? And, and, they, and, and, and that's what would happen at the nuclear power station. It would blow up and the Ukrainians um, did it. Every time, in fact, a hospital or a school <laughs> where um, yeah. a number of people you know, kids or patients, a large number are killed. The Ukrainians um, did it. It's just the um, pathetic default um, kind of lie by... And, and, and this time, um, I don't think the world can afford to wait and react um, um, post-factum. Um, I hope that um, America and... Um, others uh, are giving the same kind of warning that you do this and, and we will um, respond. Because not only would, would it be a disaster for um, Ukraine, but it's, it would affect all of Europe and ultimately, you know, uh, because of air currents, um, oceans, um, the whole world. And, and these reassurances that, well... Um, even if they blow up, uh, it's not going to cause a, um, uh, a, a meltdown. It, it, these places are built to withstand um, airplanes crashing into them or, or rockets being fired. But if you're there in, and you actually occupy the place and you can plant um, hundreds of tons of, or pounds of explosives right inside... Um, don't tell me that um, that is not um, really dangerous. It bloody terrifies me because it's yeah, not very of course. How, how do you think um, uh, Biden, Joe Biden, has handled all of this? Well, um, he um, promised um, during his election campaign that he would support um, Ukraine. In contrast to um, Trump, who never missed an opportunity to um, praise Putin and, and sort of like uh, almost give him a blowjob whenever he could. Um, so without uh, Biden, um, this um, country, Ukraine, uh, would be in a much grimmer position than it is. Of course, um, Biden's critics in the U.S. Um, say, "Well, he should be doing more." And 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 Ukraine always says, "You know, we need more um, weapons," which they do, and they and uh, and they um, have, uh, and America and the West knows what um, um, Ukraine thinks it needs to um, actually defeat the Russians, including. Um, fighter planes. But um, I think I say well done, um, uh, Biden. Um, I think that he has kept his promise to Ukraine. And the fact is, um, without the help and support that America, thanks to him, has delivered. Um, uh, the the Russians uh, would control a lot more um, territory. Ukraine would be uh, subject to um, huge 
amounts of executions, raping, um, torture. Um, so there's no doubt that Biden has um, done an immense amount. Okay, well, Pascal, I think we'll leave it there. Um, that's a fantastic uh, insight into what's happening over there. Thank you very much for um, giving us your time on this. And uh, stay, please stay safe out there. I will endeavour to do so. And thank you, Ben, for uh, being interested in, uh, in, in what's happening here. And I think that I know that um, a lot of the thrust of, of your work is exposing this kind of uh, uh, obscene traits emerging in uh, the American uh, body po um, politics, something I, I never saw, never thought I'd, I'd see um, in uh, in America, it is coalesced um, uh, around um, Trump, but there are other imi Trump imitators, and um, um, it is uh, correctly dis uh, described as as um, fascism, and, we, and you use that uh, description, and uh, if. If uh, Trump was in charge, um, he, um, God knows what would happen. Well, um, some bad things would, would happen. He would sell um, uh, Ukraine to, um, to, to Putin. Um, so it's part of the same, uh, it's all part of the same um, fight. It's about... Uh, values of decency, fairness, um, consideration for um, others, and uh, Ukraine is the Ukrainian military. Ukrainian people are doing it one way here, and people like you are doing that in the in the U.S. So good luck to you. Yeah, no, thank you very much. Yeah, no, I I see um, the seeds of fascism growing in America and the end result is what you see in Russia and uh, it's not it clearly not a path that we want to go down certainly is not i i have um faith in america that it isn't going to go down that that way but um i have been shocked at how many uh, people are um uh, are willing to um tolerate and and kind of mimic um, the obscene stuff that Trump spouts and, and those like him, those around him. Well, likewise, I've got, I have faith that um, Ukraine is going to end up victorious in this too. So I think uh, eventually um, the good guys win. So, um, I hope yeah, so. <laughs> yeah we're keep All right. Thanks so much, Ascold. Thank you very much indeed, Ben. Cheers.